the volume. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Basketball, football, they have awesome new and existing user promotions. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You can get your winnings back in two hours. My favorite, the same game parlays. You can bet five or ten bucks in one 150 bucks or more. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Get started now. Sign up promo code Colin so they know we and I sent you. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. So yesterday... I interviewed Ryan Rossillo and we went for about 50, 55 minutes, which is about double the length I usually go. So I thought, you know what? You people have lives. Many of you don't have time to listen to an hour. And I like to make my podcast about 30 minutes. So I thought I'd cut it in half. Here is the second roughly half hour with the ringers, Ryan Rossillo. So... Here we are. It's not a star-studded draft. Arizona, Gonzaga, Purdue are pretty good in college basketball. The free agency period of Aaron stays isn't that dynamic. And I was telling Joy Taylor today, I said, you know, I'm always very reticent to say, hey, hot take by somebody. Because if I would have told you a year before, Kevin Durant's going to go to the Warriors I thought it was ridiculous. I remember I remember people insinuating that and saying, oh, give me a freaking break. He's not going to go to his rival. And what's interesting about what's happening in sports is what I really like, Ryan, this is a trend I love in sports. General managers are younger and way more daring 
especially NFL guys. And I saw that Russell Wilson thing the other day on the Eagles, and I I almost said, okay, this is ridiculous. And I thought, no, Howie Roseman would give up seven picks. I really honestly believe that. It, it's I, one of the things I, I really like about the current sort of um, momentum of sports is young, daring owners. I mean, you know now, Rosillo, because owners make so have such great net worth, writing off $40 million is a rounding error. You wouldn't have done that in the 80s. You just stuck with a coach for another year. Shit, these guys make that in an afternoon. They're all like 18, 20, 30 billion in. That, that's my favorite. That seems trend. a little high. I'm just going to say 1830. They're How, worth a four few. To right. 12. Yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah, okay. right, yeah. Right. I just don't want some. I don't want to find. I don't want Jim Cramer because I know he listens to this podcast regularly getting on your case. All right. So that's my favorite trend in sports. Daring young executives. Give me your favorite trend in sports that Ryan Rosillo loves. Ooh. We can edit this. Take your time, please. No, 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 no. Let me. Let me think about this. Uh, I think it was this past weekend with the NBA All-Star Game, which I watched zero of except for the Shaquille O'Neal thing where he talked for four or five minutes. Despite there being plenty of evidence um, where a generation of basketball players from the 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s have found a way to try to argue over the last five years that basketball is worse. Uh, Yeah, I don't like all the three-point shots either, but the shot-making, the depth of shot-making – you know, just some of the things that we see, the skill set alone, it just oh doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that all of a sudden, like, people are skating faster, they're riding bikes faster, marathons faster, throwing things further. You know, just granted, when we started the Olympics, guys just had some rocks and some, you know, sandals. Like, that's why we have right. some of these events. We're like, hey, do you want to throw a rock? We're like, yeah, we should have this other category called th- stick throwing. Be like, all right, cool, javelin, <laughs> boom, two events. All right, let's, who else? Be like, hey, we R- could run this and then we can do it twice. All right, that's two more events. We're cooking. So <laughs> when I think about some of the arguments against it, it's definitely been frustrating to me. And um, I think there was a complete, complete 180 from that this weekend where the NBA with this top 75 player of all time thing, because I remember the top 50, I'm sure you do as well, and it being a big yeah. deal. The celebration of these players and getting to see so many of them together and having Shaq open up in a moment there where, by the way, you know what he was also doing? He was kind of criticizing today's generation of players as he was having a love fest with the people that helped him get started because he said, you know what? He goes, Kareem said something about like, if I'm so great, how come I've never won anything? He's like, I didn't cry about it. It pissed me off. He's like, I came in, I did my work, I tried to get better. And even though I was putting up numbers, you know, once Kobe and I got rolling, we started winning championships. So I know this isn't this isn't a big meta answer here as yours right. is, but I thought what we saw this weekend was just there's so much look, we both know we deal in it. There's a lot of negativity. I'm probably more likely to think about a segment around criticizing somebody than complimenting somebody. It's just kind of the way we all work. Um, but I thought that that moment, I think the NBA has a really cool lane here where there's this massive amount of of love to be in that fraternity. Like we're both, look, you've you've been more successful than I've been. If somebody told me this was going to be my career 20 years ago when I get started out, I'd, I'd probably, you know, I probably would have said, yeah, that makes sense. But I can't imagine what it feels like to throw on one of those jackets and know, like when Hakeem's going up to hug Kevin Garnett or when Jordan's walking through and Doncic is dapping him up and that kind of stuff. I thought... I thought that was such a cool moment to remind us of why we care so much about this stuff that we probably spend way too much time being negative about. 
No, I, I thought I thought it was really well, – I thought when LeBron and Michael – and they may hate each other, but I thought it was a really cool 60 seconds. I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. I love that. And you know what? Um, Michael Jordan is still petty and still competitive, and he probably told people, I get the ball first. I can beat him one-on-one. And I do think the old school guys – I mean, let's be honest. You were fighting for a – a smaller piece of the pie. The game was more physical. There was more animosity. I mean, there was tackling. You know, like the, it was, I miss a little bit of the old school animosity, but I love the skill. I think the skill now is insane. I think it's the best I've ever seen. There are no bow outlaws in Chris Dudley. It's like you can't have that guy on the floor. He can't play in the league, right? Well, it's crazy. I mean, think how we grew up. There would be this one white guy that was the sixth man that maybe made 1.83s per game. And we'd be like, man, that guy could light it up. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> you got you to gotta close out on that guy. Uh, and then you'd have two people on the block. And to your Bo Outlaw point, I like Bo Outlaw. You wouldn't guard Bo Outlaw today. You just wouldn't guard him. No. You'd be like, never help off of Bo Outlaw. Uh, I want to go back to your point, though, that was bigger. And I think it's it's smarter, too. And that football, as much as we love this sport, I mean, there should be some sort of like documentary where a lot of people get together and go, yeah, we did it wrong for a long time. You know what's not smart is running it up the middle with a, with 10 bodies all converging on the same gap. And it's like, well, we did that to establish something. Well, you got fucking negative five yards. Like it, right. you, didn't, you didn't establish anything. Uh Let's just throw the ball a little bit more, right? Remember the old Parcells thing? Well, you know, when you throw it, two bad things can happen. Only one of them's good. Well, you know what? When you run it, you could actually fumble and do nothing. So, you know, like I'm not saying abandon all the run stuff, but it's it's happened very quickly where the NFL was your grandfather complaining about technology. Um, you know, we used to never see trades because what we'd always hear, oh, it's too hard to come in and learn this system. You're trying to tell me like a really good linebacker can't come in and tackle people? Like, all right, what's your front? Okay, who's me? I'm not making the calls. All right, no problem. Like, I'll figure this out. Oh, receivers, they won't know our route tree. You know, this. And now, because of the things you're talking about, it's the same thing, too. Remember back in the day, like, there'd be a really good player with two or three good years left. And then you'd see what his trade market was in the NFL. It'd be like, yeah, they got a fourth rounder for him. And you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I do think because of what you said, owners and, and GMs being more aggressive, taking more chances, that they're breaking a lot of their rules that they've had for a long time that have proven that these rules were pretty dumb and limiting for a long time. Well, I, I can remember talking to Les Snead about this I, when, it was, when I lived in Manhattan Beach. And, you know, I, I try not to bother these guys and you don't, but it was one of those off-season things. And Les and I got like, like 40 minutes on the phone with him. And he said, you know, Colin, when you're drafting 29, that's that's no man's land. I, I'd rather have a second round pick. He's like, you know, and, and Les is like, you know, there's always like 15 guys that are just different in the first round. You start getting late first round to the f- top of the third. It's not a big gap between 27th guy and the seventh pick in the third round. And I think I think that's a little of what the Rams said. Like, I know Jalen Ramsey can play. You could go in the last five years and look at the last five picks in the first round. Now, Lamar Jackson's obviously been a hit. I mean, that's one of the things, Ryan, that – and Malcolm Gladwell hit on this. Man, you're paying a lot of money for a lot of whiffs. You get past about the 15th pick, 
I would rather have second, thirds, and fourths. I really would. I, I don't see the big gap between the eighth guy in the third round and the second to last guy in the first round. I don't. I really don't. And I think guys are figuring it out. Well, you're right. They are. And this has also happened in basketball, too, because you know I've gone through it. I think it was the last 10 years of the top 10 picks, and like 80% of them were on a different team after four years. I mean, it was an insane number. And those are the good picks. But what do we always hear? Oh, I can't move a first. Can't move a first. Well, some of the smarter GMs, and I had a couple that, that I actually talked to about this after the fact. They were like, you know, there's starting to be a correction around the league that these late firsts are worthless. Like I used to lose my mind because remember, this is this other rule that you and I have talked about before. Sam Hinkie was a media darling because he was an outsider and because he was educated and because a lot of writers are outsiders and they are super educated people. Like you have to be pretty smart to say, I'm going to write for the rest of my life, considering you have to come up with different things all the time and usually do it with a deadline. Uh, they rooted for Hinkie. And because they rooted for Hinky, then they started saying how valuable second round picks were. And I'd be like, do you guys not realize how un- like these are not valuable? I'd be like, oh, no, you can move things around. You do this. Like, hey, look, you could take a guy from Luxembourg and tank him there for four years. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Let me know how that goes. It started to creep into the back end of the first round. And like, I'll just go through if you went through just five years ago. Right. Like, I don't know which draft do I have here. 17. Yeah. So five years ago, like from picks. um, you know, 15 down, Justin Jackson, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf. Those are four in a row in the teens. Do you, I mean, do you know, right? Like Harry Giles, he was hurt in high school all the time. Uh, there's a couple wings there. Tyler Lydon, another guy I can't pronounce, Swanigan. You know, uh, and then there's actually some guys that may, But my point is, is like any time that you go through some of those first rounds after the fact, you're like, oh, maybe this is why teams are starting to deal these a little bit more because they're breaking the standard of that. Oh, well, you can't giving up first rounders is the most valuable. Some of these stars that get traded, Colin, it's like, hey, I got three first. I'm like, yeah, but where are they going to be? 22 or later, you're lucky if you get one nice player out of three of those picks. That's right. That's 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 and that was kind of my takeaway with Les Snead is the punishment for being good is you have a really tough first round pick to hit. It's hard. It's so hard. College basketball championship season is approaching and there's no better place to get in on the action than the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's where I bet. New customers place their first college basketball bet risk-free up to 1000 bucks. Bet college basketball any way you like. I like the same game parlays. You can also jump into action with live betting. Same game parlays are great. Bet a little, 5-10 bucks, win a lot. Or bet with big promotions like odds boosts. Those are fun. When you win, FanDuel's going to pay you. Little as two hours. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up. Promo code Colin to get your first bet risk-free up to 1000 bucks. That's promo code Colin. That's me. Make the college basketball championships mean more on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia.
Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What, uh, what are the next 20 years for Colin Cowherd look like? Oh, Jesus. Well... Warren Buffett's 91, Nick Saban's 70, Scully went to 88. Like I'm I'm mid to late 50s, like I'm not going to stop talking. I mean, he, he literally did it till he was like 88. I'm not going to stop talking. I'm just going to do it on different platforms maybe. 
I'm not going to, what, what am I going to, what would I do? Play shuffleboard? What would I do? You at 75 with takes, look out America. <laughs> you got- I, watched the, I watched the Carl Icahn documentary last night and he said, he goes, retire to what? I like competing. I like competing. I don't want to go into this mush like Nick Saban said, this, this abyss of retirement. Like if you like, you're a competitive guy. I'm a competitive person. Like once I'm compete down a ski hill. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I don't even like skiing by myself. I like to go with somebody so I can beat them down the hill. I need to compete. And competing means all beyond, you know, whatever platforms available. I, I know. I think you said it earlier. A lot of people in the industry, Coward's now a number two starter, and he may be Rich Hill with a couple of bad starts. And then- Is that what the scattering fort is on you? Well, you said it. You said I was becoming Rich Hill, breaking shit, can't throw a ball past people. And then all of a sudden, the volume started like, fuck that. I am I am Kershaw if you take out the seventh inning of the postseason. I'm getting you're, people out. You're Clemens on vitamin B. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was looking through Clemens' numbers the other uh, Clemens' numbers the other day, and I'm like, you know, a one eight at forty two should have maybe tipped us off. One eighty RA. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always said this though, and I believe this, Ryan. If I could take a pill, like the other day, I was in the pharmacy, Uh-oh. and you they had this. Sure, were you buying some insure by the by the no. Pill? No, no. It was uh, mouthwash, teeth whitening. Just you can get it in a bottle, right? So, nice. And then my my wife's with me and she's getting her stuff. And then they had this thing at the counter and it was like, improve your memory. And she looked at me and she went, I'd buy a couple of boxes of those. And I'm like, oh, that's personal. That hurts. But I was thinking to myself, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but I was thinking to myself. But if you had bought that, you would know. Uh, no kidding. Exactly. Great point. Two fucking Shay right there. That was brutal. But my point was, what I have to do is reduce the amount of time I'm on. I'm just on too long now. So I got to figure out how to reduce the time, Rosillo, and then I'm going to be fine. Like three All hours. Right. But come on, it's a treadmill, man. Look, you were, you were doing it every day now for a long time. And I, I don't know. Like, what is it? You and Dan Patrick? Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's about it. Even Joy Taylor said to me today, we were in the makeup room. She gets there before I do, and she's she's a great hang. She's very funny. And she said, you know, our show's like six times longer than PTI. I said, you know, I'm kind of tired after the football season. And and she goes, you should be. She goes, our show goes forever. She was in Mexico for four days. She goes, I was exhausted. It's a long show. It's, as we both know, you know, one of my favorite things is when somebody – from the department with like another person who a lot of people, and this isn't even being negative, but like, let me use an example. There'd be a, a couple sports center anchors that would want to do the radio show with me and like hang out. And then you're fired up because you think it's so easy. And then you do it and you go, all right, we just got done with three hours, maybe an hour or two for prep. You weren't a big prep guy. You just like to fly. You're just like, hey, I'm here. Where's the camera? <laughs> right. <laughs> Colin was a big prep guy, big prep guy. Uh, and as you know, they, they turn to you after the show and they're like, I can't believe you do this every day. I'm like, yeah, every day. And I don't even do it every day the way that you still do it every day on top of everything else that you're doing. But I thought you said something really good, really smart. 
Whenever I watch these older financial guys that are on CNBC or whatever, and I think the same could be said for some of the coaches a little bit older. Like when you actually look up, I think it was, was it Mac Brown that told me he was younger than Saban? And you're thinking, oh my gosh. Mac Brown is two months older than Nick Saban. <laughs> but if you, if you ask somebody that, based on kind of the way they're presented, the way we consume them, you'd be like, oh, old Mac Brown. Like you might think he's 10 years older than Nick Saban and they're the same right. age, okay? But I, I, whenever I watch some of those older guys, I'll think like, oh, wow, this guy's almost 80. And look how sharp he is. I think the fact that you still need to be sharp will keep you sharper longer, which is back to your original point. Like whatever you do, you may do less of it. You probably will at some point because you're just not going to want to do it three hours every single day because I think you've been doing it now two plus decades. But that you have to stay sharp, I'd imagine, just keeps you sharper where if you don't have to go and run a company or you don't have to go on TV and talk about a quarter that was good or a quarter that was bad, you know, you have to be accountable. You're in front of people all these different times. I mean, the other ways could be bad to play. The results are like, well, the reason this person's even in this position because they still are so sharp. But I think that's like we're talking about retirement here and you're far too young for that kind of stuff. Um, so sort of a joke of a question. But I think you landed on something there that's kind of smart. Hey, by the way, there's a bed behind you and that's not your bedroom, is it? Yeah, I downsized over here in Torrance. Is I thought, so you do your podcast from your bedroom. I would think you would do it from upstairs because you have a beautiful view. Why do you do it downstairs? Because I think it's hilarious anytime sees a breakout video and says, this is what happens to you when you leave ESPN. <laughs> Not realizing what the rest of the house looks like. The house is killer. It's great. It's beautiful. It's my favorite. No, I'm not even going to say where it's at. First of all, that's going to be inappropriate. Second of all, it's on my favorite. Forget favorite street. My favorite 75 yards of Manhattan Beach. You live on my favorite 75 yards. You and I know where it's at. Obviously, you do. And I do because I live here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing how many people don't. I'll tell people, why, did you, why don't you take that instead of that? That's the best street in town. You are literally, there's like eight homes. You have one of them on the, my favorite place in town. Because tourists don't know where it is. No. Loc locals are too lazy. Well, lo um, locals like the other side. Like that's the cooler address supposedly. But yes, there's this one little stretch that if you don't know about it, and then when you're on it, you go, oh, wait, this is actually the sneaky cool spot. Um, I Look, I lucked into it. I, I've told you this, though. Like, I wanted to move here years ago. My friend got traded for Rob Blake to the LA Kings. So he got traded from the Avs to the Kings 20 years ago. I came to visit him. I was a know-everything from Boston who'd never been anywhere. So the rule when you're from Massachusetts is you think every place sucks, even though you've never been to any of them. And then you actually start traveling, and you're like, you know what? I don't even know if Boston's in my top 10 anymore. Um, and when I was still in Connecticut, we were doing the show across the hall for, hallway from each other for all those years. And we started becoming closer because, you know, once you're the younger guy and you think you're smarter than everybody and then you start getting a little bit older. I always love that line. I forget which writer had it. and was like, I couldn't stand my dad when I was younger. But as I age, he started coming around. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, no, that's what it was. And I think that's what it was with me, with you. But I. Finally, at some point, you know, I'm not a big manifest guy or that kind of vision board dude. I don't have arts and crafts going over here at the house, but I saw a fancy picture of a, a house in Manhattan Beach when I came out here to visit. I picked up a real estate guide. I couldn't afford the front yard back then. And I ripped a picture out of a house that I was like, I'd like to live in something like that. I put it in my fridge. It was on my fridge in Connecticut for years. So, um, you know, it took a little bit longer than I wanted to, but that's kind of the lesson in all of it too. So I ended up here. So what are you, 39, 38? How old are you? 
You fuck up my age every time, and I How love you, you for it. I'm 46, man. But you look, you really are a young thinker for 46. I don't think of you. I honestly, yeah. I think of you as a real young guy. I hear that a lot, and I, I kind of like it. And then sometimes I'm like, does that mean that people just think I'm really immature? Which is also potential, potential part of the scattering report. But yeah, you screw up my age constantly, which I, I know I'm I happy do. about it. I'm happy about it. Keep doing it. I want you yeah. tell. I want people out in the streets. You telling people I'm 39. Well, you're like Harbaugh, like. Which one? I always think, I mean, I would guess Harbaugh's 48. He's 58. Now, you could say, oh, yeah. he should be, you know what? He's not as successful as I think because he's almost 60. But I'm like, yeah, but the truth of the matter is he's an incredibly young 58. Like, I, Harbaugh, to me, will coach till he's 80. He's an athlete. I mean, Nick Saban looks great at 70. Harbaugh be great at 74. I look at you and I'm like, you work out you work out more than any sportscaster in the country. You're like the youngest 40-whatever-you-are in the industry. You're like yeah, a my, young. My yeah. agent the other day forgot. And he was – because I said something about like, hey, man, you know, we're getting there where I need to start talking about some of this other stuff. And he was like, well, he goes, you're not even 40. You don't have to worry about it. I was like, look, thanks, but – and then it was, but then then it goes like, oh shit, you are actually kind of old. Like, what's going on with you, dude? You're not old, dude. Believe me, <laughs> I'm always amazed. I I check this stuff. I don't think I used to do this. And also, 15 years ago, you just couldn't go to the internet and find everybody's age. I am I am really fascinated how vibrant a lot of people are. I'm watching this Carl Icahn documentary. He's sharp. He's got this beautiful wife. They're going back and forth at each other, and I'm like. Dude's like 85. I'm like, he and he's, by the way, still a massive dis disruptor on Wall Street. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I had an agent once tell me, um, he was talking about Regis Philbin. He goes, you'll be fine until the number eight is the first number of your age. He goes, you seven, especially with nutrition, there's just ways to, you know. Fish extend oil. Your, yeah. Like, he's like, the seven thing. Used to be a number like nobody cares anymore. Like if you're a producer of revenue, shit, Trump and Biden were two like old guys running for president. They blew out all the kids. So it's like that's a job. I'm just talking. That's like that's a grown up job. I've come to terms with that. You know, Joy Taylor had another great point today. I don't want to get political, like, but you maybe do your job better than the last two presidents. Boom. You <laughs> <laughs> can't even get on my case because I was equally fair on that one. So Joy said. You know, they pay the president's 400000 She's like, the, what quality are you getting for 400000 She's like, it needs to be paid what the commissioner of a sports league makes. Like $40 million bucks a year, $8 million pension. Then like Bezos, and I'm not saying he'd be a great president, but then the or quality Bezos. of people. Bezos, sorry. The quality of people would, who would run? In the vile nature of the ecosystem today for 400 grand in a tiny pension, when, by the way, you can't open a window at the White House because of security reasons. It's an awful right. job. OK, yes, it's an awful job. But the book deals alone after that, like, look, go through all the Clinton stuff after the fact, go through the Obama stuff after the fact, and that some people argue Trump ran because he was actually broke. Um. There's a big payout for everybody that gets to be president number 40, whatever. 
So I would agree the salary part of it doesn't make any sense. Do you know back in the day, I don't forget which year it ended. I think it was still going on with Teddy Roosevelt because I was reading a book that you were allowed to go to the White House to talk to the president if you just showed up. Like they had to see you. (laughs) That was part of the job. That would be like you responding to every tweet every single day, but actually doing it in person. So eventually they ruled that one out because of security reasons alone, I would imagine. And I don't remember the exact time where it was like, okay, we can't be doing this anymore. But um, I think there's a payoff that makes up, that compensates what the, the salary. Yeah. So I have, so according to you, I have to write a book to finally get paid. But somebody else writes it for you too. Did you ever see Veep? Yeah, I thought that was funny. I like Veep. I love Veep. Um, but yeah, there's, there, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what the best analogy of is because it's the president. Okay. But there, nobody, if you're, if you play your cards right and have the right people around you for the right business opportunities, you're going to make millions after you hold the office. Another downer. Everybody looks like crap once they leave the White House. Terrible. Obama looks pretty good, but almost everybody else ages. 20 years in four. It's brutal. You wouldn't do that. You'd be on growth hormone. You'd get busted. It'd be a national scandal. Dude, I'm too vain. Seriously. I, I couldn't do it. I Look, I, I couldn't do it. I, mean, <laughs> I would love it, though. Actually, Colin Cowherd, president. We went from GM <laughs> to president in 40 minutes, which is impressive. <laughs> but I would love... I would love to hear your speech on, like, some sort of conflict overseas. You'd be like, look, you know... They, they they still have basic cable. Of course, they're invading people. These people are unhappy. We like choices. It's 2022. We want things fast. We want to hit a button. We want Disney for the kids. We want euphoria for when when there's the babysitters over. You know, we want half things. Like there's, it's not surprising me that Prussia has their issues. And then people be like, "Wow, coward!" That like I didn't think of it that way. That was a good analogy. There's never been an analogy president. I could be the first. (laughs) Hey, tell Simmons, let's go to dinner. Uh, And I know you Spotify and you guys are doing very well. So I'll pick up your tab. I'm not picking up his. I'm sure he's busy. By the way, getting a text back from him is. I mean, it's like it's like getting a thank you card from. I don't like hearing that. So I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry on behalf of behalf of the Swedish company that I work for. In the, you know, the Swedes are delicate, extremely friendly, understanding people. So we'll get on that. All right, Rochelle. Good talking to you, buddy. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Had fun this week. Rochelle was a was a treat. Don't get to talk to him much. We'll talk soon. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, 
limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.